0: Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, Episode 70. It's a very much a proponent of you know, f- figuring out what the needs are, figuring out what the personalities you gotta deal with, and then, you know, manipulating what it is you need to get done to work within that environment. So this is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else.
1: Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. With me today my good friend Stuart Hart, strength and conditioning coach for women's basketball at the University of Nebraska. Yes, go Big Red! Welcome, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Um, Exciting to have you on again. We've we've known each other for a long time now, probably close to a decade, really uh through you know events like this right you know because because we met at a conference back in the day and then just have continued to see each other here and there and different times and hang out and have a meal so i think that's you know kind of the coolest part of some of this stuff is meeting people that you end up being friends with over a period of time yeah building relationships for sure yeah and and our other kind of connection to uh is you started out at a little school down near Tampa, Florida, called Saint Leo College, yeah. um, where you went, played at uh, hoop. But I went there for one year back in my people who listen to podcast will probably remember talk about hear me talk about my not so great uh, adventures in my first couple years of college. That's so. Right. That was my second year of college, after which I ended up joining the Navy, because I ended up going to the pool and the weight room the majority of the time I spent at St. Leo. Definitely.
0: <laughs> definitely. Uh, you know, especially if you're from the up north and you come down to yeah. Florida to get spoiled. <laughs> yeah. You know, me being from Canada, I understand what you're talking right. about.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe tell us, you know, how you ended up uh, going to St. Leo and, um, you know, kind of that first step, because it's a pretty neat story, you know?
0: Yeah, so I played high school basketball in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. So football, but a Canuck, uh, we the North. We're <laughs> celebrating our NBA champions now uh, nice. with the Raptors, uh, so I got an opportunity to come down and play uh, basketball for St. Leo University, and then when I moved down, or when I got the scholarship, my whole family moved with me, so I was in Florida cool. full-time, uh, and you know, got a partial scholarship, and I earned my way to a full scholarship by my basically the spring semester of my freshman year. Nice. Um, and Living in Florida, I was living in Florida ever since. Yeah, that's cool. And but you didn't
1: uh, you you played there. Uh, other cool thing cool, we're going we're to talk about this before we talk about strength conditioning. But other cool fact uh, that you should know if you're a basketball fan is that because of the. Uh, Catholic school connection. Uh, St. Leo always played Georgetown annually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Did, you yes. guys, did you guys, were you up 2 0 at some point? Was there any time? <laughs> very early on, very early on. So, when
0: I was there, Alan Iverson was on the team. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I got a chance to see him live and That's amazing. quicker in person than you, you think. Than <laughs> you
1: can even imagine. Yeah. 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 And when I was there, uh, Alonzo Mourning and Mutumbo were there. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty cool, man. And ironically enough, or coincidentally, however you want to look at it, we're gonna get uh, Mike Hill on the podcast, who's the strength coach for Georgetown Men's Basketball, later today. Okay. Um, but back to back to strength and conditioning. You didn't go to you didn't go to school, or you didn't even realize. Uh, when you're at St. Leo that, you know, being a strength and conditioning coach was a career path, right?
0: No. So my experience as a college athlete, I didn't have a strength and conditioning coach. We had, you know, D2, very Mm -hmm. limited resources, a small private Catholic school in the middle of, you know, rural Pasco (laughs) County. (laughs) Uh, So we had an athletic trainer and he had limited hours. He'd usually show up in the afternoon. Uh, So it's not like you had someone there to do treatments early in the morning, like, you know, most college athletes probably experience now. Um, so no, my experience in a weight room started off in high school, so Coach Finbar, who was a volunteer assistant coach who had played college basketball at Western um, in on Ontario, uh, he gave me my first workout and I brought that with me to St. Leo, so I actually used it in high school and gained about 10 pounds and then I showed up as a college freshman about 6'5", 185 pounds. But by my sophomore year, I was six six, two twenty five. So nice. I spent a lot of time in the dining hall and yep. a lot of time nice. in a weight room. So yeah, that, that's where my passion for lifting and training and strength, strength and conditioning, uh, as we know it now, yeah, yeah. Uh, started. Um, cool. But no, I didn't. I didn't even. I was a business major, so yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah. go to school for right. it either. Yeah, and so you somehow you got out of school. You
1: you were personal training. Yeah. Um, And then you kind of, I mean, you were obviously passionate about that and realized lifting was cool. You know, you like lifting, you like painting. Then you ended up training somebody that kind of led to your first gig, right? Yes.
0: So doing, you know, general population, a lot of female clients, personal training. My brother was doing mixed martial arts and had a, you know, a career down in Florida. So I was training him as well and a couple of his buddies uh, that were in his camp. And then I got an opportunity to meet Coach Terlin Olds who uh, was the women's basketball coach at St. Leo at the time and was just training her, personal training over the summer and you know, helped her lose some weight and she asked me had I ever thought about being a strength and conditioning coach at the college level and I didn't even know that that was a career. So, you know, went home, did my research and, you know, strength and conditioning college and, you know, names like Boyd Epley and Scott Cochran and, you know, some of the salaries that these guys were making and then, you know, Boyd, you know, being kind of the one of the first paid strength coaches right, right, in yeah. the college level and for me it was what i was looking for because yeah. you know being a college athlete and my experience in the weight room and how you know going through four years of college and never getting injured yeah. and um just knowing how my body changed and how it gave me confidence and you know feeling good on the court uh i was like I would much rather work with that population, yeah. college athletes, because there's a motivation behind them. They want to get better. They want to yeah. compete. They want to, you know, be successful in their field or the court or whatever. So. Yeah.
1: Um, so was that was there an actual position at St. Leo at that time? No, nah, there
0: this, there wasn't. She invited me to volunteer, okay. basically. Okay. So I came on as a volunteer strength and conditioning coach. Showed up to my first staff meeting, and, you know, the athletic director's looking like, who's this guy (laughs) at our staff meeting? Uh, So, you know, it was explained to him that I was going to be the volunteer strength coach, and he was fine with it. He was actually the soccer coach while I was in school. so. He had you know, risen through the ranks at St. Leo. Uh, so there was that you know, relationship and understanding that I was an alum and I was just coming back to kind of help out with women's basketball. So I volunteered for strength and conditioning for women's basketball and then she ended up asking me to volunteer as a basketball coach on her staff. Okay. So my first three years at St. Leo, I was okay. both doing strength and conditioning and helping her as far as running the program. Gotcha. So you know, doing the recruiting and going out on the road okay. and home visits and that younger, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: All, Everything and anything, yeah. yeah. But that's great, though, because I think that, you know, is a key, like, underlying factor of this whole, um, a lot of things that we have that we do, right, to get that experience. So yeah. if you weren't doing all those other things you, and, and volunteering, you wouldn't have got the strength and conditioning experience that right. now they decide,
0: oh, you know what, we actually need to hire this guy full time, right. right? So how that played out was I was working with women's basketball, and then my approach to it was – You know, there wasn't basically a position, so kind of sell them on what the idea of what it could look like. So, organizing the weight room, making set hours, building relationships with the athletes, anyone who wanted to train, I was there. I was like, Look, if you want to come in and do anything, I'd be more than happy to help you. You know, building relationships with the assistant coaches, trying to get an understanding of what their different sports were looking for. Um, It just, You know, just showing them what having a strength and conditioning coach on staff could look like and how it could be a benefit to their individual teams. So after women's basketball, I picked up men's basketball, then I ended up working with. Uh, One of the volleyball players she went back and talked to the coaching staff and told how how much she was improving and getting stronger So volleyball came on board. So before you knew it within the first two years I had about seven sports that I was working with either half their athletes or the whole team Okay, Um, but by my third year they basically offered me a, a full-time position okay. as the head strength yeah. coach so. so it was a gradual gradual yeah. slow, slow roll kind slow of, roll, yeah. Slow yeah, roll. slow yeah, yeah, yeah i went from volunteer for a year and a half <laughs> to about eight dollars an hour because i was running the weight room yep. uh and then it, it went from from you know eight dollars an hour to a paid position yeah and you there.
1: were in charge of the because uh, this there's no different there was only one weight room so were you uh, just training the athletes but students could
0: use the gym students too. Could use yeah, the gym. so were yeah. you
1: kind of over you were kind of in charge of the weight room. I was and in charge everybody. of everybody. Yeah. yeah. So
0: for me, it was going across on campus and building a relationship with the director of student life and asking yeah, yeah. him like, what are the students looking for? Yeah. Or what are their complaints that they were having in regards to uh, how the weight room was running? And one of their major complaints was there were no consistent hours because okay. uh, the weight room was housed over in athletics, yeah. but athletics didn't have anybody that was right actively running the facility. Yeah, yeah. So it was whenever it they was could someone. And was down, down somebody, in the basement, right. Down yeah, the basement, yeah. right? So, yeah. so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So the big thing for me was just make sure there were set hours, make sure there were, you know, students to work it. So started a work study program and having you know, hiring a staff yeah. that could work the hours that we were going to be able to open and then again trying to you know, do personal training and build a group exercise program for yeah. your students on campus. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of everything. It was right. a mixed bag approach at that level.
1: Yeah, and because you're, you're Division Two at that time, yeah. What what else were some of the challenges and kind of creative solutions that you were coming
0: up with to, to make make your life easier and <laughs> well you could only imagine especially in a facility that uh wasn't actively used the equipment wasn't the best yeah, yeah. so you know trying. It was to probably the out, same stuff i lifted on in <laughs> 1991 uh, yeah uh, <laughs> no that is a fact so even yeah. for me back in 94 yeah. you know 94 through 98 a lot of the stuff was yeah. still the same there so building a list of what you know athletes are going to need to train and what the regular student population were looking for, as far as their experience when they came down to the right. weight room, uh, putting the comp- you know comprising that list and then taking it to my athletic director and trying to get figure out what the budget was that he right. was working with in yeah. regards to uh, making presentations to the president of the institution, um, and then figuring out what the coaches were looking for, right. you know you know baseball and softball yeah. and swimming and diving and yeah you know we had all that stuff there so. Uh, but those were some of the challenges, and you know the other the other creative piece was just because student life was involved in making sure that their you know students on campus had a great experience. That was also another resource for me in regards yeah. to a budget. Okay. So being able to go back to my athletic director and explain to him, okay, you're only giving me X number of dollars, yeah. but by me going over to student life they're able to pony up, a, you know, a couple more dollars here as well. Yeah. So he was impressed with the fact that I was going across campus trying to figure out some creative ways to, nice. you know, not only benefit the student population, but benefit the athletes as well. So. Yeah.
1: And then were you able to kind of come up with like some interns or, you know, get some
0: people to help you out a little bit? So year four, uh, is when I started my internship program, year three, year four, okay. I was starting my internship program. And for me, again, not necessarily coming up through you know your normal internship, right. assistant position, yeah. or GA to an assistant position, the big thing for me was going to NSCA conferences and yeah. building relationships with people that I was meeting at those conferences. Nice. And a couple of people, like I went to Valdosta State and Coach Dasher.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, oh, you know Mike. him
0: being at a Division II school, understanding what the limitations are at that level, and how do you build a program, right. and <laughs> yeah. how do you build an internship program. Um, Mark Watts, who yeah. was at Denison nice. yeah. um, back then. And then uh, Ron McKeefer, he was at USF. So you can go down to him and kind of explain to him because he had a clinic as well that I got a chance oh, to yeah. go to. Yeah, so yeah. the big thing for me was just going to clinics and conferences yeah. and trying to network and. You know, you know, using the internet at that time and going online and seeing what different weight rooms were looking like and the brands and that sort of stuff. Yeah, where was the
1: school supportive of your kind of continue education stuff too? Were you able to get tap into
0: that? My AD was very supportive right from the start at the beginning. He was like, "Look, whatever you need as far as education, just let me know what it is and I'll put it in the budget to be able to send you to them." So even back at St. Leo, uh, I was going about two or three conferences a year, and I've maintained that you know, yeah. expectation of myself to be able yeah. to, c- to continue yeah, to yeah. go to conferences, two or three, you know, a year, that's if possible, as really long you know, now yeah. that you're at, you know, Nebraska, your, your summers are a little bit more, uh, busy. Sure. Um, but May is usually a dead month for us. Yeah. So I get, try to get a lot of my ed- continuing education during the, that month. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, and then, <clears throat>
1: so Ron was at USF. Did you, is that, because you went to USF from Saint Leo, so mm-hmm. you you're able to move up to from you know a Division II small school, small budget to a bigger kind of mid-major mm-hmm. uh, did was he there did he hire you or was he was somebody? not there okay. but he
0: was one of the people that called when I was in and running for the position okay. so again you know you're building a relationship early yeah. on in your career and yeah. that's someone that you can call back a yeah. few years later you know tell me what the administration is there's like tell yeah. me what these coaches are like what are they looking for what is it like working at the institution yeah. um, so no I was it was nice to be able to call him and I got an opportunity to work uh, women's basketball uh, at USF coach Jose Fernandez is the coach uh, there and I worked also men's and women's golf. Okay, yeah. nice. And um,
1: had you did you know people there? Be, you know, kind of before that. Or no, so
0: really? uh, I'd actually because I was working women's basketball at uh, St. Leo. Uh, so Coach Olds had a relationship with Jose so we would go down and watch their practices so he had known had met me early on when I was at St. Leo and then when my name crosses desk when that position opened up he ended up calling Coach Olds to find out you know tell me a little bit more about this guy but another thing that worked to my advantage is everything that I did while I was at St. Leo, I was posting on social media. Okay. So he was able to go onto the YouTube channel for our strength conditioning yeah. de- um, department, if you want to call it that, yeah. Uh, yeah. at St. Leo, and basically see my interaction and. Nice. you know, for lack of a better, my programming with all of the different sports that I was working with yeah. and get a sense of my personality, so. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you, would you recommend people do that? Is that, like, something you really think helped you? I, I definitely think you should be using social media, yeah. so I'm a huge proponent for, and again, you got to, you know, it depends on your department and what your school's sure. policies are in regards yeah. to that. St. Leo, it was so new back then that St. Right. Leo didn't really have one, right. so, We were pretty much, you know, filming everything that we were doing, using the student workers that I had, uh, editing (laughs) your (laughs) video down to, you know, a minute, a minute and a half, three (laughs) minutes, whatever it was, making highlight reels. And for me, the big thing wasn't necessarily promotion. I didn't look at it as necessarily promotion for myself, but it was more to get buy-in from the athletes in regards to them. Hey, this is the work that you're putting into the weight room. Here's you. You can send these links to your parents. You can post them on Facebook for your family to be able to see what your college experience is like. And it sells the institution, too, so... That's
1: great, man. And so how long were you at USF?
0: Uh, I was there for three years. Cool. So the first two years I was there, uh, women's basketball, men's and women's golf. And then in my third season, we had a change uh, with the strength conditioning coach over men's basketball, and that presented an opportunity to me to get over on the men's side. So okay. I did one year on the men's side at USF. Nice. And how
1: how big of a change was it going from St. Leo to
0: USF? Uh, more resources. Okay. More resources. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, I went from basically a a, a weight room that was you know, for everyone, yep. student body and athletes, to my own weight room where we just, I only had men's and women's basketball. Right. <laughs> so right. it was in the basketball facility, so yeah. both practice okay. courts were right outside of our weight room. Athletic training room was right there. Yeah. Uh, and the only athletes, or the only people I'd ever see, were basically the basketball players on either team or the, the sports that I was training, which were basketball, sorry, uh, men's and women's golf. Yep. And then they they would come over to the facility to train. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So. Yeah. so and how long were you? So you were there for three years? Three years. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I, neme- I kind of remember, too, when the, the basket opportunity popped up. Um, obviously, that was a big opportunity. Did you feel like you needed to do anything different or special to, to prepare for that? Or, you, you know, you were pretty, you've done I enough. I've done enough. Done I mean, working like with work. male, I'd
0: yeah. worked with both male and female athletes at St. Yeah. Leo, and I worked men's basketball. Uh, while I was at St. Leo as well, so yeah. it wasn't foreign to me. Plus right. I played the sport So yeah. I understood it and for me it was just more of building a relationship with the coaching staff getting an understanding of what they were looking for yeah. You know, what were the changes they were looking to, looking for going from the old guy to the new guy? Yep. Um, and You know, just building a relationship with the athletes. I'm very yeah. much a proponent of you know f- figuring out what the needs are figuring out what the personalities you got to deal with right. and then you know, manipulating what it is you need to get done to work within that environment yeah well i think that's a huge point like
1: being your flexibility as a strength coach to adapt to them not just like this is the way i do it right now you're gonna do it like that yeah it never works (laughs) it never works (laughs) yeah um so what? Uh, yeah, maybe talk about first time going on. You know, even like your interview at Nebraska, because I imagine that's kind of like a
0: oh wow, that was a is... surreal moment. <laughs> Boyd Epley calling me. I was I was in my office and I saw the four two area code um, come up on my phone and I you know I walked out of my office and walked out onto the basketball basketball practice court and Boyd Epley's on the other <laughs> line and I'm like you know yeah you applied. I had met him back in 2013 at the uh, coaches conference right. in Nashville, yep, yep. and at that time, you know, you know, just I walked up to introduce myself, yeah. and you know, he's a legend in our field, right. and you know, I wanted to take a picture with him, and yeah. I told him. You know, he was very cordial, and he said, you know, one day I'm going to get a chance to work for you. <laughs> uh, I didn't know it would really actually happened. Nice. So when he called, you know, I reminded him of that con- conversation, and you know, he runs into so many people, so I don't know if he necessarily right. remembered, but. Yeah. But it was very—it was a cool moment to get that phone call, and so he had called me to set up the phone interview with him and the coaching staff, uh, or one of the assistant coaches. And I did a phone interview about a couple of days later, uh, and then they invited me on campus for an interview. Nice. So going to that level now
1: with Division One, uh, are you? Do you do much? You know, is your program any different from? you know, I mean, obviously you've grown as a coach, you
0: you know more, you change, adapt, but it, it, are you really doing that many different things? Uh, programming hasn't changed much, but I would say to you the resources that I have available to fine tune my programming yeah. has, has really, you know, changed the way I can um, not just track what it is that i'm doing but see whether or not there's an improvement so with nebraska we have our uh performance lab okay. napl okay. yep um and being able to do vo2 max testing and force plate and movement screens yeah. slow motion capture right. video and um i mean to be able to test you know prior to and post and get some real data with someone who can analyze it and really explain to you whether or not your programming is working has yeah. been to definitely uh, change the way I look at how I'm I'm doing what it is
1: I'm doing. Um, And so now you're just women's basketball. Yeah. Um, How much has it been uh, of
0: a kind of – shift to just be one team that's been a huge shift you're blessed i'm very blessed in that regards um but you know i tell people even though i only have one team for me now i'm I'm very much doing individualized programming so when you're at a d2 or mid-major and you've got 13 kids and you may not necessarily have the help as far as interns and that sort of thing or you don't have the, the ability to be able to test the way that yeah, yeah. we can at Nebraska. You know, you're, you're, you're creating kind of cookie cutter programs. Sure. Um, but then, if you got a freshman and you're doing, you know, movement screen testing and you're seeing, okay, you know, they don't move to the left as, as easily or as well as they move to the right, you can change your programming a little bit for that one particular kid. And then I do a lot of one on one trainings and small group trainings. There's not necessarily 13 or 14 athletes coming in yeah. at the same time. So, uh, in that regard, I would say. It's been a blessing. Nice. So maybe give us a snapshot
1: too of like what uh what's your day what's a daily uh daily routine, daily look at an uh, in season and an out of season day, uh you know, as a women's basketball strength coach at Nebraska.
0: So I'm an early bird, so I'm usually up at five, five thirty in the morning. Okay. I usually show up to work at six thirty. Um I, my athletes know that I'm a text message away. I only live about, Lincoln's a small town, so right. I'm only about 15 yeah. minutes away and there's no traffic, so yeah, I can nice. usually get to work at any time. But they know I'm on all calls. So if they want to come in and they want to yeah. get an early workout on their time, yeah. they can do so. But we uh, we usually train in season, sorry, off season three days a week, um, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and we're usually going at about 1 uh, o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And then we'll usually do practices after workouts, that so like two thirty okay. in the afternoon, three thirty in the afternoon, based on class schedules. Um, but during the day, a lot of it, you know, we have elite forms. I'm usually doing a, individual programming for that particular day in the yep. morning. Um, uh, we also have meetings, you know, so you're very yeah. much involved with the coaching staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, coaching staff will meet you know, on mornings, okay. you know, ten thirty, eleven o'clock whenever they get in yeah. and we'll go over what's going on for that particular week. Nice. Yeah. Or <laughs> they'll usually go over that particular week or what's going on. Like we have a trip coming up to go to Europe this year and right oh, now nice. we're kind of trying to put together the plan for what games how we're gonna prepare for, yeah. you know, a, a European trip, cool. uh, you know, dealing with jet lag right. and how right, can we right. prepare time our kids down yeah, yeah. time yeah. difference and that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, that's cool um. and that's off season so that's off season yeah. in season would be a little bit different uh, in that you know you're going from 8 hours to 20 hours Yeah. so yeah. more practice on floor time like right now we're only practicing for about an hour okay. uh, three days a week um you know once the season starts you're going for about two and a half hours yep. so and you're going to all the practices i'm at every practice yeah. i'm yeah. at every game i travel i travel yep. travel on the road all the well. games yep yeah. uh, doing do you do what do you do at games What's so your game duties? day game day we do um just pre game uh sorry, shoot around yeah. stretch routines uh getting them ready for practice, getting ready for shoot around and uh before game getting them ready for the game yeah. and then post uh, game, just making sure, helping out our Dobo in, in regards to making sure that, you know, the food's gotten there and, okay. you know, collecting your polar heart rate straps yep, and your yep. all okay. that stuff.
1: All that stuff, good. Yeah. Um, what do you think, you know, given that you've made this great progression, you know, personal training, first strength conditioning coach, no resources, you know, mid-major, now big time, power five, uh, there anything that you you know would recommend to people like that are trying to move up the ranks or if they're a d2 school or d3 school and they're like man i really i wish i could move up to d1 you know are there anything that you think you know things that you did maybe that you know are critical or or recommendations you'd have for people that are looking to improve their kind of station
0: yeah uh the big thing for me is honestly uh education so making sure you go into the conferences and the clinics, um, and then while you're at conferences and clinics, like I purposely don't like wearing my, you know, whatever logo that I'm wearing yeah. at a particular institution, uh, for whatever I'm working, wherever I'm working. So you know, showing up and just being willing to go up and just build, you know, have a conversation with someone regardless of the logo on their shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, the relationships that I've built over the last 12 years of being in this business, like you never know you know when right. that relationship is going to foster you know something right. you know what i mean and it's not necessarily that that's the reason why right. but like right. you said you, you you build friendships over time and you know you get to know people and you see their growth through their career yeah. and you show up at these conferences in the clinics and you go have a coffee you know go have something to eat and uh-huh. you're talking shop uh, for me i didn't in the beginning it was learning which was the reason why i was going to the conference and clinics because of my introduction or my how i got into the field um, but what I didn't realize then was that the friendships and the relationships, how that would right, right. build, you know, yeah. five, six, ten years later. So, yeah. Um, yeah, going going, going to clinics and conferences and definitely just walking up to people and, yeah. and having a conversation and not yeah. being intimidated. Yeah. Well, and I think knowing you now
1: that I know you, too, uh, you know, I think that would go either way, right? You're building this network and you're it's, it at some point ends up helping you, but at the same time, you equally as much if someone else had reached out that you know you know and and you had a position open or you were able to help them out then you know that's something that you would do as well. Yeah it
0: literally happened yesterday I <laughs> <Yeah. man. laughs> uh, sitting up you know waiting for uh, a friend of mine to go out to eat, and someone who I known had applied to a position in the conference that I was in, uh, the American, and I knew the strength coach who was there, yeah. and just sent a text message. So, yeah. you know, being being willing and able to do that for someone else is just as right. important. So. Right? Yeah, I think that's a big one too.
1: Um, we 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 may not talk about it as much, but like when you know when you're going for a position, and you have someone you know, reaching out on your behalf. So, it, you know, it's like having references, but, it, but beyond that too, right. If yeah. if I'm applying for a job uh, at Nebraska and, and then I have, you know, obviously they're going to check my references, but you know, three or four, However many other people shoot a note to Boyd
0: or right. or message him and then he's like, wow, this guy must, this guy or gal, you know, they must really be good if this yeah. happens. One thing i like to add to that as well is sometimes it's not even the strength and conditioning coaches. Right. Because yeah. for myself, when I got the opportunity to go to USF, the head coach... For women's basketball, Jose, he called it the SID. Oh, wow. yeah And what I didn't know at the time was the SID who was at St. Leo had worked at USF. Okay. So yeah. when he called the SID, he asked him, Tell me about this Stuart Hart guy. Yeah. And I, I, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Never really had a long conversation yeah. with him. And his response to Jose was, Look, I don't, I don't really deal with them very often, but we just had our annual banquet, and every athlete wanted to take a picture with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. And yeah. that showed Jose that, you know, yeah. all right, this guy is, you know, a decent yeah. guy yeah. or whatever it is. So so it's not necessarily the strength and conditioning coaches. It's totally. anybody that could be in the athletic yeah. department. That's so a great example. The, the big thing is build relationships with everybody within your department. Yeah,
1: that's a great point, too. That same thing when I went to uh, – I was working with Norwich Rugby the first – team that i worked with in college when i went down to the dartmouth area i would asked the rugby coach hey do you know the guys at dartmouth because i'm going to be there and he was like oh yeah he totally you know put me in touch with them and then i was you know the strength coach for dartmouth rugby before i knew it and the next thing yeah. yeah that's such a great example yeah. um Cool, man. This has been super helpful. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in reaching out to you, you know, especially with the progression. And, you know, if anyone is interested in basketball, strength and conditioning, as well as building a program, um, how can people reach out to you? Obviously,
0: you got social media. I'm uh, big promoting. on social media. <laughs> so uh, uh, for Instagram, you can find me at strength underscore by B-Y Hart, H-A-R-T. And then on uh, Twitter, It's no underscore days off 06, 06. like it. Cool. And uh, we'll see you around
1: the conference for sure. I appreciate the time and the friendship, man. It's been great. I
0: appreciate this opportunity as
1: well, man. Cool. Great. Thanks. And a big thanks to our sponsor, X Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. And to all of you listening, we appreciate your support. Uh, again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks. And as you know, we at the NSCA love research and especially applying that research. If you're not a member yet, join us and get access to the best strength and conditioning journals available. Just go to nsca.com slash membership.